I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai, 32 years. Wow. It's a real joy to be here today because we have a coach in the studio, Coach Zach Elcaldi, Coach and Will, to take us through the show. So thank you to both of you. An awesome show I have planned because my guest, I cannot wait to talk to him at 8.15, is a mountain climber. But he's not only a mountain climber, he likes to do it in record time. So the largest mountain in the Americas is in the Andes Mountains in Argentina. It's 22,800 and something feet. Most mountaineers take 10 to 15 days to climb a mountain like that. Tyler Andrews, my guest at 8.15, is going to do it in 11 hours. He's literally going to run up the mountain because this is what he does. And it made me think all week, all right, I'm going to have a mountain climber, an expert mountain climber as a guest. You know how much I love the world of art, the world of sports, the world of surgery. Where do you see mountain climbing? in our lives, in art, in sports, and in my life of surgery. Well, for the Lakers, Isaiah Thomas is back. He's back with the Lakers with a 10-day contract. Isaiah Thomas had hip surgery by my good friend Ed Sue at Special Surgery in New York. There are not many surgeons in this country that do something for hip surgery called a surface replacement. I happen to be one of them. It's not a hip replacement. You ain't getting back to professional sports if you do a hip replacement on someone. Or it's extremely unlike. I can't even think of a professional athlete who did. But from Tiago Splitter, the basketball player. Andy Murray, the tennis player. And now our very own Isaiah Thomas. He had a Birmingham hip, a surface replacement. And he's back playing professional sports for the Lakers. He climbed a mountain. He climbed a mountain in sports, and we'll get into some clapper vision of what actually happened in a surface replacement for Isaiah Thomas. What about in the world of art? Well, in my lifetime, in my lifetime, when I think of art, music, and mountains, and climbing mountains, I think of this song. Climb every mountain, 
with dream every till you find your dream. so I in prepping for this show like I do and enjoy every week for 11 years looked into climb every mountain who wrote it why did they write it the meaning of it and guess what I see Tito Jackson from the Jackson 5 and I'm saying to myself why am I seeing Tito Jackson and the Jackson 5 and Climb Every Mountain? Well, you're going to hear coming up why. There's a connection with the Jackson 5 and that song. Because if it wasn't for that song, there actually would be no Jackson 5. On many levels. On a musical level, but also on a dream level. And you're going to hear that coming up. And what about in my lifetime, in the world of sports, the greatest mountain climber who also shows us the physicality of climbing a mountain, but it takes more than the physical. It takes the mental, like everything else in life, to be able to dream big and be clever. That's how you climb mountains. And who did it? The man who was the first to climb Mount Everest, Sir Edmund Hillary, a beekeeper from New Zealand. He did it first in 1953 with Tenzing Norgay, the Nepalese Sherpa. In Yiddish, we call him a schlepper, not a Sherpa, because he's the one schlepping all the equipment up the mountain for Edmund Hillary. But they did it together. And I'm going to want you to hear how you do that because it's a metaphor for all of our lives. I'm not climbing any mountain in the Andes. In Hawaii, I went as high as Mount Haleakala. You get lightheaded. You go to Mammoth, you get lightheaded. It's not for everybody. But the metaphor is the same for all of us. Make your dream come true. Climb every mountain. What better topic to close out 2021 than to dream make your dreams come true by learning from mountain climbers how to climb a mountain. And what about food? How could I somehow relate mountain climbing to food? Oh, we've had cold weather and we've had rain. So the mountains around us here in LA have snow on top. What do I think of? Food. And the greatest chocolate cupcake with coconut on top, which is white. They look like snow-capped mountains. Where in Los Angeles? My mouth is watering already. Can you get the greatest, and I mean the greatest because I had them this week, chocolate coconut cupcake that you will, it's to die for. The chocolate is so black and so rich and so chocolatey but that smooth cream cheese and coconut on top. Oh, my God. You better get them early because when I tried, they already ran out. They only had two left. 
but I'll tell you where in L.A. you can get it. But let's get into today's topic of dreams coming true and mountain climbing in the world of sports. This is Edmund Hillary himself being interviewed. He's passed away at age 88. But listen to him talk to you about what's involved in climbing the biggest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. One of the effects of, of high altitude is it's a little bit like having a dose of influenza almost being at, at high altitude. The, a lot of your energy and a lot of your drive tends to be sapped. And people feel uh, fit and able to cope with altitude at different times, even during uh, a single, you know, the few months of an expedition. So obviously you've got to get people who are well acclimatized, who have the drive and the enthusiasm at the right time in order to sort of throw them towards the summit and say, go to it. It's not just being fit, Sir Edmund Hillary. And it, it is conceivable, though in actual fact, I mean, Tenzing and I were fit throughout the expedition. It would be conceivable that at the start of an expedition there might be uh, a couple of people who, who would have been more suited to the summit than later on. But there was, I don't think there was much doubt. At the latter stages of the expedition, we were very fit and we were very strong. So we were selected by the expedition leader, who was John Hunt, as the people to put in the final shove. You don't have to make any apologies. You were the best guys to do it. We reached the, um, the south summit of Everest, which is 28,700 feet. And then we looked along the summit ridge, which is quite an impressive narrow ridge. It's corniced on one side, which is overhanging with snow and ice. So you can't keep on the, the crest of the ridge. Uh, we had to keep down on the steep left-hand side on snow and ice. But halfway along the ridge, there's a rock step. It's about 40 feet high. And that's the rock step that's kept everyone before him from getting to the top. Listen to how he figured out, due to his drive, you're either going to make it, buddy, or you're not. Listen to how he figured it out. And I cut steps along the, the side of the ridge until uh, we reached the, the bottom of the rock step. And looking up at the rock step at 29,000 feet, it really did look extremely difficult to overcome. But then I noticed that out to the right of the rock step, where the ice was plastered onto the wall, mm. there was a crack, I don't know, maybe two feet wide, but just large enough to crawl inside, where the ice was breaking away from the rock. His mind's going a million miles an hour. I gotta figure out how to get up this 40-foot rock step. And I sort of crawled inside that, and then I wriggled and jammed my way um, up the crack with rock on one side and ice on the other, and finally pulled myself out uh, onto the top of the rock step. And that was really the first moment during the whole of the expedition that I was confident that we were going to get to the top. Edmund Hillary. But overcoming that rock step, which we knew existed, we'd seen it from far below, uh, made me feel the confidence uh, that we were going to succeed. And sure enough, on we went and uh, we ultimately reached the top. Funnily enough, that step is now called the Hillary Step. And uh, any climber who uh, climbs Everest uh, from that south side at some stage has to go up the Hillary Step. Doesn't he make it sound easy? Listen to a 60 Minutes from Australia about Michael Groom, who's climbed Everest 17 times. 
Listen to the fact that he's lost all his toes, all 10 toes and most of his foot from frostbite. But this plumber from Australia has to climb. He has to make those dreams come true. Michael Groom has seen more Himalayan summits than any other Australian. This is footage from one of his 17 previous expeditions. The intended route takes a diagonal break from right to left up to the summit ridge and then we follow the summit ridge up to the summit. But whether we'd actually do it or not, we'll have to wait and see. The former Brisbane plumber is drawn to these mountains. But frostbite has already cost him all ten toes and much of both feet. Mm. What's it like to be on the top of the world, Michael Groom? And this is me on the summit at two o'clock in the afternoon. So you really do know that you're standing on the top of the world? Oh, definitely, because it's, it's not much bigger than a, a dining room table or, or a bathtub itself. Um, so there's not much room actually to stand. It uh, drops off in all directions, off all sides. Is it worth it, though, to lose your toes, to nearly die going up there? Listen to Michael Groom tell you, it absolutely is. But uh, this black mark here represents the frostbite that I received um, in the last few days. Good heavens, Michael. I mean, is it really worth it? Well, you'd have to think, looking at it, that it's, it's not, but... Um, we all realise the risks involved and you accept those risks or you don't play the game. Play the game. Climbing a mountain. It's a metaphor for life. Many of us get close and we just don't get there. We don't think like Edmund Hillary. What do I got to do now to get up that rock step? Listen to a man who didn't make it. Came so close. Dr. John Taskey, a Brisbane anaesthetist and former SAS commando, was one of those who paid to climb with Michael Groom. But 300 metres short of the summit, he calculated he had neither the oxygen nor the energy to safely go on. So close. Almost within my grasp. Uh, extremely. At the time I felt uh, very depressed and, and uh, disappointed, but certain that the, that the decision was correct. It was a decision that probably saved your life. In retrospect, yes. He was on that expedition in 1996 to Everest where quite a few people died. He turned around within 300 meters of the top, but it saved his life. What's it like up there when the weather gets crazy? Listen to them talk about taking risks like we all have to do in life. On earlier climbs, Michael Groom has experienced extremes of Himalayan weather. Once, he tumbled 900 metres in an avalanche. But he says this blizzard was worse than anything. The 80 to 100 knot winds, the temperature was probably uh, down to about minus 40 and visibility was now 4 or 5 metres. But they still do it, because we all have to do it. You want to have a blasé life? Good for you. You want to make dreams come true? That's climbing a mountain. In art, in sports, in surgery, I don't care what you do for a living. There's going to be that Hillary step. You're going to have to figure it out. And coming up next, I'm going to tell you about Tito Jackson. 
Oh, my God. Nine kids in a three-bedroom home in Gary, Indiana. They looked out the window and saw just clouds. You're going to hear Tito Jackson say that was our dream of mountains in Southern California. What a story. We'll get into it. Coming up next, you're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Max, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. That's right, Will. The Jackson 5. What the hell does that have to do with today's topic of climbing mountains? Oh, you are about to hear an incredible story. Don't forget, the clinic will be open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. What a busy week I had in the operating room. And I want to talk about hip surgery. The kind Isaiah Thomas has, the kind I do. Not replacing your hip, but resurfacing it. Same thing for knee surgery. You're not replacing the whole knee. You resurface the worn-out cartilage. They do it in shoulders as well. Awesome stuff to be able to work on machinery that man didn't make. Whether you believe in God or not, something else made our bodies. And to be able to have an expertise in how that body works. It's taken me 32 years, 16,000 surgeries. But it's so inspiring to see inside your joint and seeing how the ligaments, the cartilage, the tendon, the bone, the muscles all work in concert to allow you to get up from a chair and walk without pain. It's awesome. Here's the song that really inspired a family of nine kids in Gary, Indiana, the Jackson family. It was this song. Climb every mountain, search high and low, follow every byway, every path you know. Climb every mountain, mountain. ford every every stream. stream. 
dream. Till you find your dream. What does this song have to do with the Jackson family? Ah, listen to this amazing story. This is Tito Jackson, who's now my favorite Jackson, about how this all came to be. Before the Jackson 5, it was like the Jackson 3. It was you, Jermaine, and Jackie. That's correct. Okay, now how did you guys, you know, why did you guys decide to form this musical group initially? Well, our TV had broken down, and uh, <laughs> we used to sing a lot of country western with our my TV mother. Our TV broke it down. Music, and uh, we harmonized with her, and my father played guitar and with his um, brother. Every weekend they play, and I sit there and just stare and stare and stare. He's dreaming. Maybe I can play that guitar one day. But Joe Jackson, his dad, says, don't you touch that guitar. He knew we loved that guitar. And so he used to say before he went to work, he put it away in the closet in the case and tell us, sit us on the couch and point his finger, don't you touch my guitar when I'm at work. <laughs> you know, so, of course, you know, children, that means you can touch my guitar while I'm at work. That's what I heard. You know, so I was playing this guitar for many, many, many months. And... My mother would let me play it. She knew I wasn't supposed to play it, but she thought I was making progress. One day I broke the string, and I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't know how to change the string. I didn't know what string I broke or whatever. Couldn't even buy one. He came home, saw the string broke, and was really upset about it, man. He, he uh, took care of my ass, and then he sat me down and put the guitar in my lap and said, show me what you know. Yeah, he's crying because he just got whooped. And he's got that guitar in his hand. So here I am playing this guitar and crying. You know, I'm about like seven, eight years old. And uh, 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 he looked at me and said, dang, you're playing just as good as me. So he gave it to me. He gave me the guitar right there on the spot and uh, bought himself another guitar, a better one, of course. But I still have that original guitar. Wow. Yeah, so I, he said, he gave me the guitar. He said, I want you to learn every song on the radio. So that's what I started doing. And I was learning songs by the Isley Brothers, Temptations, for whatever. Now listen to how Climb Every Mountain and that song is what created the Jackson Five. You're not going to believe this. Then Jack, uh, Jackie and Jermaine and then we were harmonizing and Michael and Marlon were just little bitty things. You know, they were somewhere around two, three, four years old playing with little cars, you know what little boys do, and we'd kick them out the room and that whole thing. Then one day, uh, like a year or two later, we hear Michael singing a, a little thing in kindergarten, singing Climb Every Mountain mm -hmm. in, in, the, in that school uh, a performance. And uh, he tore it up, man. He tore it up. And then the light bulb went off in Tito Jackson's head. That little brother of ours can sing. He needs to be in the group. We couldn't believe our mouths flew open. Couldn't believe that was our brother up there singing. We rush him home, tell him he's in the group. <laughs> Mom said, me too? Say, yeah, you too, come on. <laughs> so that's how the Jackson brothers were formed. We did a wedding and the lady said to us, what is your name? And we said, well, we really don't have a name. We're going by Jackson brothers because we're brothers. She said, no, 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 you should use Jackson five because there's five of you. And, and it stuck. So we called ourselves to Jackson 5. Amazing. But here I want you to start to listen to what happens growing up in Gary, Indiana, where mountains and dreams come into play again. What he represented 
in front of me was... What, what was it like going from a poor black kid in Indiana? And the reason why I, I mentioned the race is because during that time there was a lot of racism, uh, you know, especially in, in that area, to suddenly getting a record deal with Motown and having four charting singles, one after the other, like the transition from this poor life, you know, crammed into, I think, a three-room a three room house into suddenly being superstars like this. Here's where you're going to hear him use the metaphor mountains again. They're looking at clouds out the window and imagining those are mountains, mountains to climb. Well, I tell you, in Indiana, we dreamed a lot. You know, we wanted to be stars. We, I remember we used to look at the cloud formation out of our back bedroom window and imagine that those were mountains and we're in California and things like that. Mm. And so when we moved to, to, from Indiana to California, we were so fascinated and we were young. You know, I think I was something like 13, 14 years old and Michael must have been around eight or nine years old. And uh, we were so fascinated with palm trees and mountains that, you know, we didn't think about whatever. You know, you're a child. You don't, you don't measure money. And Motown puts them up in a house in Encino with a swimming pool. We used to go by different celebrities' houses and knock on their door and visit them, introduce ourselves. And, you know, we're from Indiana, you know. <laughs> so it was it was, it was exciting, man. Moving to California was a dream come true, exciting, a whole new life, a whole new pickup. You know, uh, Motown had rented this house for us and we had a swimming pool. We've never really seen a swimming pool in Indiana. You know, so it was great. It was great. And remember, this is Encino. This is in the San Fernando Valley. You look up and you see mountains. Mountains to climb metaphorically as well as for real. Tyler Andrews at 8.15 is going to tell us what that's all about. And in the world of sports, that story of Isaiah Thomas, by the way, we're going to need to do some clap revision for Anthony Davis, who now is getting an MRI on his knee, hyperextended it looks like from that play. Oy vey. But I want you to listen. Dave McMenamin put this on Twitter, a quote, from how much it meant and means to Isaiah Thomas, thanks to orthopedic surgery and hip surgery, his surface replacement, that he can come back and play in the NBA. I'm going to read this. This is Isaiah Thomas, our new Laker. My low moments were just not being able to play at the level that I'm accustomed to playing to. Like that was very frustrating when your mind is telling you to do something, but your body won't allow you to do it. And that was my first major injury. So that was like basketball is everything to me. So it really stopped me from being who I am. It really stopped me from being happy. Basketball always made me happy. So it was tough for me. Those were the lowest moments of my life. Obviously, in 2017, my sister passed away, and then everything went downhill. It felt like I laid on my support system, which is my family, my wife, my kids, and they kept me going. The dopest moment, I assume that's the best moment, uh, when I checked in the game and they really cheered for me. 
and this is an away game. Those moments mean more to me than anything. Just because people respect what I do and people respect the grind that I'm on, that's the mountain he's climbing. And I think me being five feet, nine inches helps. Like I'm the normal person's height. So people cheer for me just because of that. But this whole situation, I'm so thankful for it. I never thought I would, not saying I didn't think I'd be back in the NBA, I just never thought I would feel this way again. Like I have no limitations with my body, with my hip, and that's why I just smile so much because I'm just in a great place mentally and a great place physically. That's Edmund Hillary on top of Mount Everest, on top of the world. It's Tito Jackson and Michael Jackson on top of the world. What's it like to climb a mountain? It's not like we're all going to go out and climb a 23,000-foot mountain. But the metaphor is exactly right. And what we can learn from someone and their preparation from Tyler Andrews, believe it or not, we all could use. Let's do some clap revision. I want to take you into the operating room. Even on Monday, I have three big shoulder surgeries to do. What exactly happens in the shoulder? What happened to Anthony Davis's knee? We need some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. Don't miss my show, Mason and Ireland, back Monday at 1, all here on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. With tinted windows. Can you imagine? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. While I'm in Italy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, what a voice. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So inspiring. Because coming from Gary, Indiana, you climb a mountain to get to Southern California, Encino, for the Jackson family. What a story. But it's the same in art. It's the same in sports. It's the same in surgery. And Whether you're a plumber, electrician, or you fix computers for a living, you're going to have mountains. And right now in sports, Isaiah Thomas. I want to give you some clap revision, really to understand the difference between a traditional hip replacement, even minimally invasive, where you don't cut the muscle. You can, I did two of them yesterday. First patient went home the same day. 
Can you imagine having your hip replaced and you walk out of the hospital the same day? It still amazes me. The number, by the way, is 877-710-ESPN because I want to talk about some shoulder surgery, knee surgery, and I just want to talk about some hip surgery so you understand what exactly Isaiah Thomas had that's different than a hip replacement, which is why he's able to play in the NBA as opposed to not being able to play. So pretend you're going to, this is the Clapper vision, to your favorite ice cream place. Mine is Handel's in Redondo Beach. Oh, my God, is that place great. I love the chocoholic flavor, by the way. That and the Graham Central Station, which is a bunch of Graham crackers, crunchy inside this vanilla cream ice cream. The cows are from Ohio. I don't know why they're so special, but that's where the milk comes for Handel's ice cream. But you ask for a scoop on a cone. Well, that rounded scoop of ice cream is exactly what the ball of the ball and socket joint, the femoral head, looks like in your hip joint. If you ask him to give you a cup, even though you have a cone, and you put the cup on top of the exposed scoop of ice cream and you're holding it with the cone, that's your hip joint. The socket, the cup, is the acetabulum. The femoral head is the ice cream. And the cone you're holding is the femoral shaft. Now, a traditional hip replacement, even though you're small incision, you don't cut the muscle, go home the same day, but that surgery is me removing the ice cream from the top of the cone. And in essence, in the, instead of putting back another scoop of ice cream, I put a metal scoop of ice cream. Instead of cartilage that God made and bone that God made, I'm putting a metal or ceramic sphere instead of ice cream back on top of the cone. And you get a new cup, a new thin cup to put on top of it. That's a hip replacement. But what is a surface replacement? What exactly do I do in a Birmingham hip, a case just like Isaiah Thomas had? that makes it less invasive. Well, it's exactly what the word says. You just give a new surface. What would be a good clapper vision for that? Yes, you do get a new cup. You do get a new cup for the ice cream to put on top of it. But instead of removing the ice cream with a new flavor of ice cream, nope. You go to the farmer's market, another favorite ice cream place of mine, and you ask them to dip your ice cream cone, which they will do, upside down. They'll put it into a bucket of molten chocolate. Freezing cold ice cream, right? That freezing cold ice cream hits that bucket of hot chocolate, and they quickly dip it and take it out upside down and then right side up again and now your ice cream has a covering of chocolate and because it's hot chocolate on top of ice cold ice cream it immediately goes from being a liquid to a hard cracking chocolate 
It solidifies to the same consistency that a chocolate bar would be immediately. So there's basically a new surface on top of that ice cream cone with a new cup. You have not done any cutting of the bottom of the scoop to put a new scoop on. No, you still have the same scoop. I can't even speak. My mouth is wondering. It's so delicious. But Barrett's Ice Cream, that's the name of it, actually, the place at the farmer's market. But what that allows you to do is have the same size sphere that you had originally. You're not putting in a smaller size ball like we often do when we do a hip replacement. And I will tell you, patients of mine, like Isaiah Thomas in his quote that I did, talking about how good they feel, it feel as good as a hip replacement, and those patients are so happy. But when I see young people, young men particularly, women you really shouldn't just because of the softening of bone that they get later in life. So for the most part, for two reasons, I don't do surface replacements in women. One, the osteoporosis that they get, which can loosen the implant later in life, but also women generally need smaller sizes. And we've learned that the smaller size surface replacement, which they ultimately now don't even carry anymore, they took off the market, had a higher failure rate. So I will only do the service, and this is my opinion, but I will only do it in young men. And I mean young. I've done this operation in 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, stuntmen, women, athletes, and weekend warriors. But this is the best part about this operation. Different than a hip replacement. I tell those young men, go and enjoy your life. I have no restrictions. Go run a marathon. Go mountain climb. Go do whatever you want. Knock yourself out. Because you're not going to be loosening anything like you will in a hip replacement. And if you do, I've never cut the femoral neck. I can always upgrade and revise this to a hip replacement. It's a tremendous operation to know how to do. And it's very tricky. You talk about climbing a mountain. The reason lots of people don't do this operation is because it's hard because you can't get the big ball out of the way while you're trying to work on resurfacing the socket. It's a very tricky operation because the bone is all in your way. But I flew to Canada, to Toronto, and met the surgeons who invented it, went to the cadaver lab, and actually learned how to do this operation from the, the folks who designed it. And many hundreds of surface replacements later, yes, uh, it's something that I absolutely will do in young, active patients uh, who really want no restrictions. So it's interesting. It's called a surface replacement. And that you will see in a Laker uniform playing point guard for us in Isaiah Thomas. Coming up next, I want to take you into the operating room to talk about some shoulder surgery and also to break down Anthony Davis with some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
get smart? Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. The best entertainer. Forget going to the movies. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. So the Clapper was looking at the flapper. Can you imagine how cool that was? Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. He was born in the summer of his 27th year. Coming home to a place he's never been before. Left yesterday behind him, you might say he was born again. You might say he found the key for every door. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So nice to hear John Denver. All right, the line's lit up. I won't tell you about the shoulder surgery and the knee surgery, but I do want to talk about Anthony Davis. Because I did see a patient this week, a a woman in her 50s who tore her ACL many years ago, hurt her knee again. But let me tell you something. I told her not to have surgery on her torn ACL. You know why? Because she did tear it many years ago, and I felt her knee. And guess what? It's stable. It's awesome. So let's hope and pray that even though we see Anthony Davis getting hit in the knee and getting an MRI, that the many structures that help give you stability help each other out. Not everybody needs an operation, even when you do tear your meniscus or your ligament. Just remember that. Remember the clapper vision. Let's do some clapper vision. The clinics are open. Who are we taking first? Will, who do you want to go to? Let's go to Rocky in Southgate. First of all, I'm already envious of his name. I got to be Robert. He got to be Rocky. I love it. You there, Rocky? Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Doctor. Rocky. Uh, my question is... Why, wait a um, minute. How old are you? What do you do for a living? I'm uh, 63 years old, and I'm uh, semi-retired, uh, disabled. Disabled. Okay. What did you do for a living? I drove a Greyhound bus for 23 years. Wow. Where exactly is Southgate? Does that mean there's a Northgate, or they just felt like calling it Southgate? <laughs> it, it's uh, where the 710 and the uh, Century Freeway uh, meet pretty much. Is this like Toluca Lake? There's a Toluca, but there's no lake? Is, this, uh, is there no <laughs> gate in Southgate? <laughs> uh, I've never seen one. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the crate. This, this is all the people with the street signs, right? They don't say north-south around here. They say Bakersfield, Sacramento. How the hell do I know if that's south or north? I'm the guy who needs the sign. Is like the most inappropriate guy was in charge of the sign-making for the highway in California. Unbelievable. No kidding. Maybe a north or south could have helped? No. Bakersfield, Sacramento. This is what I need. Southgate. There's well, no I know ga- By the I'm- way, there's no gate. And exactly what you're south of, I have no idea. But you live in Southgate. Good. Gake is in Hague. All right. What did you do to yourself? How can I help you, Rocky? Uh, well, I have a um, 
I have a bad hip. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, uh, rendered me pretty much immobile, um, for about a year and a half or so. Um, and, um, they're talking, uh, you know, hip replacement. Um, um, however, um, I have to get down to, I think 270 pounds. I'm like maybe 30 pounds away. Yes, I've been dieting and going to the gym and swim to swim to Did you read the book I weight. wrote? Did you read I, the book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Hips? Uh, no, I haven't. Go ahead and get that book. You will. Who's the author? The guy you're talking to right now with Lindy Yui. Oh, okay. Uh, Dr. Crawford and Lindy Yui. Dr. Clapper. Eugene Crawford should be a, a doctor, but this is Dr. Clapper. K-L-A-P-P-A-R. Okay. E, that's E-R, actually. A-H. Clapper. That's and how the, Kobe Bryant used to pronounce it. The, the, the book is called book? Heal Your Hips. Heal Your Hips. Get okay, that book, I'll, Rocky. That'll help you get ready for surgery if you need it, but that's your best chance to avoid surgery. Half an hour, three days a week, walking in the pool. That's what you need to do. Don't let them give you any cortisone shots, Rocky. Oh, I already got one. Yeah. Actually, two. Well, you better not do any more, all right? No more No more needles, no stem cells, no cortisone, nothing. Nobody sticking a needle in your hip joint, please. Okay, I wish I'd have known that uh, a, a week ago. But well, I wish you the, would the listen. Last I one, wish you listened to the Weekend Warrior show. Well, I just was told about it by a friend. Well, there you go. You got it. This morning to re- you remind got- me of it. You got a good um, friend there. They listen to the show. Now you better be listening to the show. But read that no, book, Rocky, and that I will shall. allow you to get strong. All right? Uh, my question was, is it available to a 63-year-old, the resurface, resurfacing uh, surgery? Yes, but it ain't going to be you, from what I can tell already. Why, why, why is that? I don't know. I, have a, I can see through the radio waves, and I don't think you would be a candidate. Your age already bothers me. The fact that you've been disabled... I suspect you have more than just arthritis. You probably have some osteoporosis as well, and that would be a contraindication. But not necessarily. I don't really have X-ray vision through the radio waves. But I'm, I'm, you know, you can read about it. You'll learn about it when you read the book I just told you to read, and then you'll need to get a second opinion. It'll be my pleasure to help you if you want. Okay. Well, what's what's walking in the pool? I do some of that, uh, mostly swim, but. Um is that going to help? Huge. Uh, the, uh... Huge. It's going to help you huge. It'll strengthen the muscles so that they are a better shock absorber, less stress in the ball rubbing against the socket. It won't be in a week or two, Rocky, but I promise you, half an hour, three days a week, forwards then backwards, you walk in a pool in a month, you will feel so terrific, much better than you do right now. And what about future surgery? Should I go ahead and... Go with a traditional hip surgery? I can't tell you that without looking at your x-ray. That, that, that I can't tell you without seeing what it act, and actually examining you as well. But there is no rush, Rocky, to do it. Get strong. Lose your weight. Get in the pool. Then you can talk about an operation. Don't do it all now. Right. And no more shots, all right? Okay, sir. Thank you very much. Listen, Rocky, you're a total stranger to me. Look at what I've done to help you already, right? I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'd be thanking me. Well, I surely shall, sir. Okay. Thank you. All right. God bless you. All right. Let's take one more before we take a break. Let's go to who are we taking? Let's go to Marcus and Torrance. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? 
Good morning, Dr. Clapman. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, it's my pleasure, Marcus. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 48, and I drive for a water co- uh, company. I carry, uh, I deliver water bottles to your home. Wow. Do you wear one of those fat, big leather belts around your waist to protect your back? I uh, try to, but it's uncomfortable. <laughs> You're an honest man, Marcus. Where'd you grow yes, up? Sir. What'd your father do for a living? Uh, ooh, he did many things, but um, let's see. Yeah, he did many things, but he eventually uh, ended up um, um, working in the restaurant business. And where'd you grow up? What high school did you go to? I went to a small Catholic school in Compton. A small Catholic school in Compton, 48 years old. Do you know Marcellus Wiley? No, sir. I never met the gentleman. Yeah, he's about your age. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Love Marcellus. All right, cool. Uh, So you drive water. What did you do out of high school? What was your first job? I was a dishwasher at a restaurant. Yeah, I did that too. I worked as a busboy. It's good to get started like that because you know what? The rest of your life is as sweet as can be when you know how hard it can be, right? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. How long have you been driving a truck with the water? Uh, about 18 years. Long time. 48 years yeah. old. Are you going to retire or are you going to keep doing this? Um, we have plans. <laughs> You're very secretive, Marcus. <laughs> Top secret. No one's going to know what you're going to be doing. <laughs> That's okay. There may be more in that water than water, right? <laughs> right. You know, uh, those old surfers, they traveled all over the world. You know what they used to do? They used to cut holes in their surfboards, put drugs, and go all over mm. the world and dealt drugs. Can you imagine? Uh, this is why they wow. traveled all over the world. Anyway. Don't get me distracted. What can I do to help you? What you do to yourself? So I'm having knee issues. Okay. Um, I had them x-rayed recently, and um, um, it was recommended that I do this uh, surgery, not a re- knee replacement, but something to add cartilage, I guess, to in between my knees because I'm losing, for the lack of a better term, cartilage in between my knees where my knees are rubbing. The, bone right. is, the bones are rubbing. Right. Um, and I was asking him, I wanted to know your opinion on that. Yeah, I uh, I need you to be very careful. There's a lot of fast talking characters in the world, and I need That's to. That's pro- calling. And you. I need to protect you from them. Okay, so no one's allowed okay. to tell you that there's a shampoo that's going to be growing hair on top of my head. Your dentist still has to pull your tooth, but there's a lot of people out there that can tell you that you can do anti aging, which I still don't understand what that means. Guess what? Okay. We're all aging. There's no anti aging. None of us are getting younger. So when it sounds too good to be true, it is. Now, there are new innovations in all kinds of surgery, especially the stuff that I do in orthopedic surgery. But I'm already suspicious that somebody's uh, selling you something that probably does not exist. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Knees. You need to okay. read that book to learn the anatomy. There is no shot that I want you to have, whether it's stem cells, PRP, cortisone, Synvisc, the Rooster gel injections. Have they stuck needles in your knee already? No. Don't let them, I all right? I wanted to do the research before I did, did anything. Well, you, won't, you don't live that far away, and you can imagine how busy I am, but I want you to do me a favor, Marcus. Okay. You can call my office. You, Arnie will answer the phone. You tell Arnie that I said you won the prize, and you can come see me this week, next week. You don't have to wait four months, and it'll be my pleasure to tell you exactly what to do with your knee. How's that? Okay. Oh. I appreciate that. All right, young man. I could already tell, Marcus, you do good with your life. 
You do nice things to nice people, and I appreciate that, and I'm going to help you, all right? So that's how the world becomes a better place. Marcus, today you find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me, and I really look forward to meeting you in person. Very good. Thank you, sir. All right. God bless you, Marcus. All right. Let's see if I can squeeze one more in. Who else do we have here? Tyrone in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? I'm doing good, Dr. Clapper. How you doing? I'm doing good. I, I'm, I have... Unfortunately, I only have a couple of minutes, so talk quickly. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 57 years old, and I work in a warehouse at Rancho Los Amigos. Oh, Rancho Los I know Rancho Los I used to go down there to to the hospital down there early in my career to teach the young residents. Downey, it's in Downey. I, unbelievable. Yep. What a beautiful place. Correct. There was a Dr. Jacqueline Perry. She was one of the yes. one of the stars in orthopedics and one of the first women in orthopedics to really make a name for herself. And she was awesome. She started in polio surgery and really made Rancho Los Amigos on the map, and it was a real honor to be able to go down there to operate and patients down there who didn't have any insurance, who were stuck in the clinics. It was really awesome to be able to go down there. That's great. How can I help you? What you do to yourself? I rip my tendon. Which one? On my right elbow. Ah, your uh, biceps tendon. Yes. In the front of, if your palm's up, the front of your elbow or your triceps in the back? The biceps or triceps? Uh, the tricep, I believe. The back of my hand. The back. So you, so you have trouble extending your elbow or you have trouble flexing your elbow? Neither one. It's just in constant pain. And um, I had surgery in May 7th, my second one. All right. I want you to do me a favor. I'm going to help you. You got a pencil okay. or are you driving? Uh, I'm, I'm, I got a pencil, yes. There's a terrific orthopedic surgeon at Cedars who's an expert in elbows for what you're going to need, okay? And his name okay. is Michael Stone. Michael Stone. You call him, tell him Dr. Clapp from the Weekend Warriors show gave him your name. That guy will okay. get you better, all right? Michael Stone. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Don't let them give you any shots, no cortisone, no needles. You call Michael Stone. You tell him Dr. Clapper sent you, and he will get you to be better. And I, Mark, not Marcus, Tyrone, you're a total stranger to me, Tyrone. You need to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Michael Stone will help you and get you to the promised land, all right? Thank you so much. Now I will help someone today. Okay, young man. I appreciate it, Tyrone. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. I'm going to come back and tell some stories about climbing mountains in art, in sports, in surgery. And at 8.15, we're going to talk to Tyler Andrews, a mountain climber who inspired today's show about dreams and mountains. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. It's good to be king, right King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. (laughs) Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. (laughs) Sound the trumpets. (laughs) 
No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.